We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, uh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors at Banquet Beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. This is Iman Azizi of Q42 Barbecue Riding Shotgun with us tonight as we talk about our holiday recap, week 16, and obviously Christmas. It wouldn't be a week without my Bill's hat. Chris, you were the one who traveled the farthest distance. How was your Christmas? First of all, Christmas is over. You don't have to put that dumb shit on. Christmas is over. I drove with Jessica and Benton to Lawrence, Kansas to visit my brother and have spend the holidays with my parents who also drove up from Atlanta. Here's the one story out of it. We're in Independence, Missouri. I said it before last time I went out there. A year and a half ago on this podcast. Maybe this is going to get a little more run because this is an in-season podcast. Where the Chiefs play is an absolute dump. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is an absolute dump. It's, It's similar to Buffalo as far as, like, distance from the city that they're named after. Except Kansas City plays in Independence which is like the equivalent of if Buffalo played in North Tonawanda. It's just straight garbage. We're at the stadium. We're an hour away from my brother. And Jessica drops a, I gotta, I gotta go. And I'm like, we're like an hour away. Can we just, can we hold it? No, we can't. I get off 
at the literal exit for Arrowhead. I pull into the BP. She gets out with her son. She goes in. She comes back. She goes, we have to go somewhere else. I'm like, what's wrong with this place? There's a homeless man who's locked himself in the bathroom. And he's not coming out. <laughs> I'm like, all right then. So we drive down the street to the next place. And uh, she urinates. And then we hightail it to Lawrence, Kansas. At that exit of Arrowhead, I think I saw like 10 homeless people. Just in the short time you were there. Yeah, yeah. Just to go to the bathroom, drive out, pull off the exit. <laughs> two, two, different, two different places because homeless guy locked in the bathroom. He's not coming out. And then to get back on the highway, I saw about 10 homeless people within a quarter of a mile. It's just littered with homeless people. Kansas, where the Chiefs play, Independence, Missouri, trash. It yeah. is the equivalent to North Tonawanda. I saw a couple Royals games out there, and I concur with what he's like. It's weird. It's weird. It's just weird. My Kansas City buddy told me they were trying to build it so that a dome could go over the top of each stadium. Like, that's why they're built that way in the middle of nowhere. Like, imagine going to a Royals game, baseball game, 81 a year. And you have to travel to, like, rural Tonawanda, down on a two-way lane, down another two-way lane, into the park. Like, it's just weird. It's surrounded by wilderness. <laughs> the actual city of Kansas City, Missouri, also dump. Non-stop construction. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Non-stop this construction. This whole podcast could just be the Rock Power Report shits on the Midwest. I went, I went a year and a half ago... To visit my brother, also drove. Can't, it looked like they didn't do anything. They were doing construction, like road construction, in the city of Kansas City, Missouri. And it looks like they haven't done anything since I was last there. It looks the exact same. Did you see any fountains? Not that I know of. They have the most fountains in the country. That's their thing. No, That's but, what you're known for? No. Nope. The, the only thing... I'd shoot a gun. The only... <laughs> The good part about my trip was I spent $400 on bourbon at the Whiskey Snug in Weston, Missouri. Yeah, One of the, like trip. it the like for, from what I remember of the Whiskey Snug in Weston, Missouri, it's even better than I remembered it. It, <laughs> it was, was a Christmas miracle for Yeah, us. it was inc- I bought six different uh whiskeys that I know I can't buy here and uh, check the back of them, make sure they're not uh, MGP whiskey. And uh, yeah, it was a good, good trip. You know, what'd you do with your Christmas? There was the Bills game. <laughs> like, yeah, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> we, we, you and I kind of got off to Christmas Eve on a slow start. Yeah, Christmas Eve, hung out with the fam, watched movies, drank too much. I made a prime rib, which turned out pretty good. Turned out pretty. It was my best prime rib yet, so I was happy about that. And then the rest was a blur. The rest was a blur. And then Christmas was just. I drank too much the last two days, so I'm not going to do much today. And I just watched the football games. I was happy to see the the chefs lose. And dude, was anything funnier than the Chiefs losing? Like, yeah, yeah. And Chris, how they did it. That Chris, was. Chris, is there anything more surprising 
than the Chiefs losing that game. I mean, it was cool because I was there like an hour away. See, and well, it was then you also game. were like, hey, I saw that dump. And now they're losing in that dump. Oh, like, yeah. Anytime, uh, anytime they, t- they put on like an aerial shot mm. of Arrowhead, I'm like, there was that homeless guy. I bet he's still locked in that bathroom at the CP. The drive home, like how much it sucks for us after a loss. It's worse there. Awesome. See that that makes me happy. That that's actually a, a, like a late Christmas present for me is knowing that every Chiefs fan who left that place not only left but suffered on their like suffered more on their way home. It seems like they don't have as many outs for leaving as we do with the two nineteen mile strip, uh, Abbott Road, all of these different ways you can get to where you need to go to go home. Nice. I don't think I don't think the Chief the Arrowhead had that at all. No, there's like Clinton. Clinton Bailey. That's about it. Jesus. You drive through some trees. With the same people that are on Clinton and Bailey. And they all go the same way. (laughs) They're all going that way. So for myself, I had a a very relaxing day, right? Great holiday, good food. Kids had a blast. Had Jake's cookies, which were phenomenal. Also caught a 12-hour Twitter ban. (laughs) 12-hour Twitter ban for the first time in my entire life because... Some Dolphins fan decided to tweet at a guy we know, and it just popped up on my timeline. A guy that we're friends with, who he's like, oh, well, I'd be mad too if I lived in Buffalo. And I saw it, and I go, where are you from? Fucking Nebraska? What? You can talk to me. So obviously I told him that he uh, didn't have a chin and probably smelled like meat and cheese, and that he lived in the most topographically challenged state in America, and that I'd tell him to go jump off a cliff... But he would have to cross state lines just to find one. <laughs> and Twitter banned me for violent speech. Yeah, I thought it was free speech nowadays. But they banned me I for mean, violent speech. Chris won the war, but or did he just win the battle? I think Chris won the battle. We Not lost the war. We lost the war. <laughs> but it was hilarious because it's Christmas. Who's on Twitter during Christmas? People it, who are drunk and unhappy. <laughs> I, a lot of a lot of people who don't have enough going on. So my 12-hour Twitter ban that didn't matter, but I thought it was funny. I had to text Chris and tell him. I go, just in case you try to tweet and it doesn't work, I, I, I broke it. <laughs> I, broke, I broke the thing. That was when CBS was trying to DM you guys. It'll be fixed tomorrow. They're like, Rock Power Report, we want to give you guys a two-hour segment. Listen, give me a tip. Don't put me on TV. <laughs> I have a face for radio. I had a great time. Christmas Day was awesome. My kids had a blast. Christmas Eve was great. And the day before, I got to watch the Bills play the Chargers with Iman. It was just me and Iman on a couch with a bottle of whiskey. You just cracked that bottle of 101, right? Yeah, some Wild Turkey 101. It was was the uh, leader. Full leader. A full leader bottle. We opened it at kickoff. And the rest is history. (laughs) Who is it who used to do the radio segment? And now you know the rest of the story. Yeah. Uh, That was supposed to last me through Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, and we drank most of it that night. (laughs) Hey, Iman, toast, we survived. Whoa, that's that's a full pour you got. It's like the thing of, did you die? All right, then. (laughs) All right, then we had a good time. Chris, the Week 16 recap, Bills 24, Chargers 22. Here's the stats of the game. Easton Stick, 23 of 33 for 69.7%. 215 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, five sacks. Sounds like a pro with a bad O-line. Yeah. Josh Allen, 
15 to 21 for 71.4, 237 yards, one touchdown, one pick, one sack, 104 rating. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, 130 yards, one touchdown, plus 5.8 yards after the catch, overexpected. Bills offensive line, three pressures, three hurries, one sack, no quarterback hits. Morse had a game high two penalties, which. Oh, um, one of the that one holding. Was yeah, right. which we're going to talk about. Ridiculous. Bills defensive line, interior defensive line, ten pressures, three sacks, six hurries, four tackles for loss, and Ed Oliver was absolutely a monster. Guys. Something happens. So I get to Iman's house the eve of Christmas Eve to watch the Bills game. Now, we made a critical error early on that I think impacted the rest of the night. Earlier in the day, Iman were talking, and I were talking about what pizzeria to order from. And we were like, let's, let's see if we can switch it up a little bit. You know, we eat a lot of wise guys. Why don't we go somewhere else? Well, we both watched that dude on uh, Judge's Pizza. Yeah, which I got a fucking bone to pick with him now. <laughs> Whose tailgate is he sponsoring? Yeah. Well, what fucking social media yeah. phenomenon, fanboy? Pizza Pete? No. No. I can't no. say it will get banned for 12 hours. Yeah, <laughs> violent speech. They'll be like, oh, you were talking mean about someone on social yeah. media. Here's what I know. There's a guy who's doing social media pizza reviews, and he can kiss my whole ass. My whole entire ass. Oh, Portnoy. <laughs> him too <laughs> but we strayed from the path and instead of wise guys we went with Carbones based mm-hmm. on the recommendation of this uh, Canadian gentleman uh, first of all your critique of the pizza so <clears throat> put it in did the two hour like eh, can we get it in about two hours they do the third party thing so it went through Uber Eats that explains a lot to be honest so it went through Uber Eats I got a large cheese pepperoni, I got a small little specialty, and we got a little salad so it wouldn't die. Shows up about 45 to an hour late, because I was having it show up before you got there. But it shows up the minute you get there. I'm pretty excited. I, like Based on the review, I'm like, this is a pizza I'm going to like. It's going to be like Wise Guys. All right, big reveal. I'm like a kid on Christmas. Like, I don't have a lot to look forward to in life anymore. I'm I'm pretty excited about this. These are the things I look forward to. New pizzeria, your first glimpse at it. Yeah, I'm like, for the next three hours, I'm going to be worried about this fucking game. Give me something. Open the the lid, and everyone's just deadpan. It looked like someone shot it with a gun. (laughs) It looked like they took it and, like, just held it vertically. (laughs) <laughs> for just 30 seconds they for the hell of it. She just suitcased it. And the woman who delivered it was a young woman, seemed very nice. I tipped her like 35%, like I always do, which is why Wise Guy shows up so fast for me. I was like, here's $30. Go. Someone in Iman's house once ordered a pizza and got drunk and forgot <laughs> about it. And they brought it over. Chris ordered a pickup order. And after about an hour of them calling to figure out where they were because they recognized the number and the fact that he tipped so much, they just brought the pizza over. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, we figured something happened. Yeah. That's wise guys. That's wise guys. Big that, fan. That's Big white fan. glove service, baby. Here, instead, what I got was a pizza that looked like you got shot with a gun. Yeah. Like, it was Fredo. Just, <laughs> yeah. I know what you did, Fredo. I know it was you. Can I tell you what, what your guys' problem was? What? Your problem was yourselves. Uh-oh. You never... I've never 
Oh, is it order take? Or I've up? never used Uber Eats. I don't Uber Eat. Or no. there's no. I never use delivery. I don't do delivery either. You I never mean, use delivery. This is this I'm is Chris on this. This one is on you. For not going to get it. But, but also, the pizza I, was very mediocre. No, Hold on. I've no, always when, ordered delivery from Wise Guys and Minios every single time. And it's always no. perfect. This came through Chow Now. Chow Now. And then Chow Now third-partied me to Uber Eats. That's your, that's, your, that's your problem. Anytime you order pizza, you go get it. Sometimes for this show, when we have Wise Guys, Drew's like, it's going to be uh, ready at 445. I'm there 10 minutes before because when I used to live in South Buffalo and sometimes I would order wise guys, I would order wise guys, go pick it up, bring it home, eat it. And then 10 minutes later, I get a text that it's ready. Yeah. I don't trust any of those systems that these pizzerias are using. This is I whether the pizza was good or bad. It's on you for not going to get it, you so, have to go. So, so you either have way, to pick it up yourself. This dump. This, of this a, is on you. This dump of a pizza. No, no, but Chris, it was worse. <laughs> no, than it's that. on you because the toppings were mediocre. It was undercooked. Yeah, it was not only. So that's why it slid so badly. I had to pull it, out the pizza wheel to recut the slices. Yes, it was a Chris. It was just a bad buy. It was just all the way around a bad. It pie. seemed like they were mad at the Uber Eats person. It was like, here, take this, you fuckhead. Yeah, and just threw our threw our pizza at them. And then that person brought it to us, and we ended up with subpar food. And so, and then, like, even the cheese and their antipasta tasted, like, waxy and fake. Yeah. It, it was, was just gross. Everything about it was subpar. And so I looked at Iman, and I, as soon as we opened the pizza, and I looked at it, I go, is this an omen of what's mm-hmm. going to happen to us tonight? We all felt it. It was. I knew it. I go, oh, no, we're in for it, because this, this food looks like crap, and I bet you this football game's going to look like crap. How did you feel about the defensive approach to start the game? A lot of slippage. <laughs> a lot of just like falling off where they're supposed to be. Kind of like the cheese and the pepperoni sliding off four slices in our box. Just inconsistent. A little late. Like they weren't ready. It, everything about that pizza translated into how the Bills started that game. Like, oh, it should be very, very tasty and talented and top notch. But all the executions just falling apart. Everything in execution went to shit. I had to watch that game with my parents. And I, I haven't watched a game with my parents. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
15 years maybe. It was like my dad, his personality comes out in a Bills game where he's completely analytical. So it, he, something, you know, something bad happens in the first quarter. My dad looks at it as like, well, there's still three quarters to go. You know, chargers get on the board or whatever. We have plenty of time to answer. And with my mom, my mom's caught from a similar cloth as you. Because something will happen. And she's like, no, I don't, no, I don't like him. I don't like that guy. Who is that? I don't like him. <laughs> she turns into Bill Paxson and uh, yeah. Aliens. <laughs> it's over, man. Game over. Everyone's like, dude, it's the first quarter and they are only down 7 nothing. Game over, man. My family, well, how about this? My family did not think pregame of me explaining the matchup to them. They thought Easton Stick was a fake name. I don't because I was like, dude should have been playing hockey. It's like Dirk I don't know why this guy's not playing hockey. He's the, the amount of, of football. The amount of money he could bring in in endorsements from Easton because they're predominantly known a for baseball equipment and then also hockey equipment. Your name's Easton Stick. Dude should have played hockey. What I watched in that game was a defensive approach that at first was really confusing considering how much success the Bills had had the last two weeks being physical and aggressive with the teams we were playing. They roughed up those Chargers wide receivers, the uh, Kansas City wide receivers, and they just battered the hell out of the offensive line from Dallas. And that's why we won that game. And defensive line. We wore them out. So then to see them come out and play almost patty cake... Mm-hmm. It seems counterintuitive. It's in the statistics. Wide receiver Josh Palmer for the Chargers led the NFL this week in average cushion. <laughs> like that's, that's not great. Tut and Gerald Everett led the NFL in average separation. Both of them were on the field against the Bills. Gerald Everett made a couple big plays. Iman was party to me having some not-so-nice things to say about him right before he, he excused himself from the game. For uh, Listen, this whole penalty of putting your head down when you're getting tackled and then Teron Johnson gets a flag because yeah. he was the ball carrier who's twice Teron Johnson's size lowers his head. What do you want Johnson to do? And I said it. I was like, I hope I hope that guy I hope he's concussed. And then sure enough, he's sitting there and I was like, well, <laughs> well it's not great. They can't all be winners. And then I doubled down because I was in a bad mood. Yeah, we were in a bad mood the whole time. We were in a bad mood. There was a dark cloud in that room. Just expected the worst to happen. Like Bridget being upstairs was a good thing for her. So yeah, she was watching a Hamas rally <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I bitched up a storm about the approach the Bills were taking. Because they were kind of being lax in the secondary. And there's obviously a case to be made that it could have cost us the game. Right? Seven different charges had to catch more than 10 yards. Five of them had one for more than 15 yards. That's wild. They were playing hoping that they would make a mistake. That's it. To overthrow the tip. That's the, all they were doing. And this is it. And all of those conversions, right? Chargers had two more than the Buffalo Bills. It was 18 to 16. All those conversions led to L.A. holding a six-minute advantage in time of possession. L.A.? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah, yeah. right. It's weird hearing it be LA. It's all uh, stupid. <clears throat> it's all stupid. <laughs> Fuck Dean. Just Spanos. put every team in LA. Fuck Dean Spanos. Just put them all in LA. <laughs> just put every team in LA. That that's the answer, right? Yeah, just New York and LA, and forget about everybody else. I think something that gets lost in this is that the Bills have been ravaged by kickers this year. Yeah. Kickers have done more damage to the Buffalo Bills this season. I was thinking it as I was watching the game with you. And then I went back and I looked at the statistics just to see it for myself. Iman, I want you to see this. So in this, because Dicker in this game was automatic from no matter where he kicked from. He hit everything. And in the second half, what, four straight drives that ended in field goals, that's actually what kept them in the game. Yeah. So, like, had we not gotten a timely call that worked in our favor and let us kick our own field goal, we lose this football game. Be all because they're kicker, not because their quarterback was Same with right. the Eagles game. Exactly. Same with the Broncos game. Like, so this is it. If you compare the number of 45-plus yard kicks, 45 to 50, and 50-plus, 50 <clears throat> somehow, like, it's, you know, you'll have the one kicker who gets one. Chris, you'll have the year where you go, oh, this guy hit a 58-yarder, his time expired, or he hit it late to tie a game. What if I told you that the Bills right now have eight kicks of 45 or more, and it's split evenly? Of 50 or more, they've had that happen to them four times this year. Mm -hmm. That's just dumb. That shouldn't happen to anybody. The... The odds of that are in the, like, you're talking about, like, you're in the 90th percentile for kicker damage. That, it's, that's why, like, the, the McDermott hate and everything, it's like, we are that away from being number one seed. He's doing, like, that's He's playing thing. the old school way. Yeah, he's doing the thing, and I think that's it. That wild stat almost bit us in the ass when combined with McDermott's plan, but I understand the idea. He came in here and said, listen, I have a great track against rookie quarterbacks. Why is that? Or first-time quarterbacks, guys who are new. The reason is because I make them carry the load. Mm -hmm. I make them do all the work, and it's there in the numbers. I'm not going to let any of the guys around you win the game. It's going to be you. You're going to be the reason. And then kickers this year have just been fucking coming out of the woodwork to punish us. For all those air yards, those big plays I just got done talking about that the Bills gave up, the Bills' defense was able to stop drives of eight plays, 11 plays, 14 plays, and then a pair of them that combined for about 11 down the stretch. All of them ended in field goals. Usually when you hear that somebody had a 14-play drive, it ends in the end zone. This team was able to force field goals because when they got in the red zone, they stiffened up, knowing that, hey, now the quarterback has to thread the needle. Mm -hmm. The windows get smaller. The safeties don't have to drop back. And everything just kind of fell apart for those guys. The Chargers had two plays, misdirection and misdirection. That was it. It was (laughs) was left or right, run the ball or pass the ball. It was like a Tecmo Bowl playbook. It was the kid on in Madden who doesn't actually know how to play Madden, so they just keep picking every play that looks interesting. And then they tried, like, trick misdirections when they got in the red zone. It was, like, the same stuff. And it was, like, not dumb. It worked. Meanwhile, though, you compare that to the Bills' touchdown drives, one play, eight plays, <laughs> ten plays. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, no, we were a real offense. You guys are just living and dying on gimmicks. And I bet you now that there's tape out there on what, the play selection looks like under this new coaching staff, they're going to get demolished this week. 
They're going to get absolutely destroyed because the next team is going to be ready for all of... Like I said, it's like they went through the Madden playbook and said, okay, show me the... Show me the trick plays, because mm-hmm. no one's seen these, because no one's dumb enough to run this. Von Miller double got... Double reverse! Von Miller got no sacks, no tackles. Yeah, yeah you know, Von Miller. Know. Hey, Chris, he's hurt, though, right? His Von feelings. Miller. His feelings. So, it is interesting to see that we are clearly the more dynamic unit, and that Sean McDermott's defensive approach, even though it was frustrating to everybody watching the game, forced Stick to have to be the guy and it put a security net up that said listen you're gonna you might burn us on a play for 20 yards but that's not gonna be a touchdown you're gonna have to 20 yard us to death and there's gonna be more mistakes you make we're banking on the fact that you'll make more mistakes than you do have successes and it worked somehow somehow (laughs) a lot of it was just timely pressure and an awful charges offensive line and our, our a seven three that terrible turnover with Hardy, like flipped the game. When you think about the pressure we were able to put on Easton Stick, yeah, that was probably my favorite thing in the entire game. Every time we needed a play, third and nine, the 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 punt that Hardy fumbled, we forced that because on third and nine Easton Stick goes to scramble and nah Bernard's yeah. right there to say, yep, like, we ah. forgot all about that. He gets sacked on third and nine in the red zone. In the red zone by Puna Ford. Forces a field goal when they were threatening to retake the lead. Down the stretch, you're talking about a sack by Bernard on third and five, which forces L.A. to kick the go-ahead field goal instead of scoring a touchdown. And they made all those field goals. <laughs> they made them Every all. Every single team won. And yet at the same time, we were like, fuck you, you don't get the end zone. You don't mm-hmm. get it. You don't get to have this. <clears throat> and that approach... When they knew they had him in third and long, they would ramp up the pressure, and we won every single time. I think there was a handful of plays where they did beat the pressure, but realistically, when you look at it, that's the margin of victory. Is all those negative plays that force those field goals, you forget about that. And you go, eh, Sean McDermott did that. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris, you know me. Not a Sean McDermott lover. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of warm and fuzzy for the man. Neither of us are. So I'm, wi- But I'm still willing to acknowledge that Sean McDermott did a great job with the timely pressure of that game. Every time he knew he needed to dial up a blitz, he'd bring it. And he'd play a little bit of sticky kind of zone man mix on the back end. That You want to talk about the officiating. I'm, I've tried to not be a person who complains about the refs. They called a lot of dumb shit on us and not a lot on L.A. Mm-hmm. That Benford pick that could have been, there was a couple more balls that hit the guy's hands. He did the thing where he's like, listen, wait for him to make a mistake and then we'll crucify him. And they almost got it to work. Except every errant ball that ended up in the hands of a Buffalo Bill or either didn't get picked or there was a penalty. Mm -hmm. McDermott called a great game as a defensive coordinator in this one. Yeah, it was the turnovers. That's what flipped it. Like he, He forced them to do that. If we don't throw a pick and put them on our on their own 45, and if we don't fumble the ball in our own end of the field and still force a field goal? Yeah. Our, oh, no, we, we give up a touchdown on that one. All our turnovers were like the first or second play. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. So it did that turn on the game. All like, I know is 
with the hand he was dealt, Sean McDermott actually showed composure as a coordinator. Yeah, as much like vitriol you throw at Sean, that's big. And and I'll tell you what, we mauled their interior offensive line. Holy shit. Like, worst games of the seasons for two of the Chargers' interior offensive line. Uh, J- Jamari, I'm going to, guys, I'm going to read this off my sheet because I don't. Jamari Sellier, don't fucking know. Four pressures, three hurries, one sack. Their new center, <laughs> their fourth string center. Remember, Chris, we talked about in the run up to the game? Yeah. They were starting what amounted to a fourth string center. He played like one. Three pressures, two hurries, one sack, got no push in the running game. He was terrible. And Ed Oliver was there to reap all the benefits. He just needs uh, Daquan Jones back, and then we got <sighs> this thing. Without Jordan Phillips, I was worried what our defensive tackle room would bring. And it turns out they brought a lot, right? Ed Oliver led the charge. Can we talk about how smart our GM looks at this point in the season? When you think about Bean and the guys that he's bet on mm-hmm. leading into this game, he bet on Terrell Bernard, was a game changer in this one. Shakir. Everyone's like, well, we need a better thing. He's like, no, no, no. I think Shakir will still be able to contribute. Cook. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, no, we need to trade for whatever the fuck his name is. Oh, yeah. Taylor. No. Oh, we need to sign Cook. We need to sign his brother. Sign his brother. We need a better running back than James Cook. Can we talk about the fact that James Cook and Christian McCaffrey are the only two running backs in the NFL to have over 1,000 yards rushing and over 400 yards receiving? They're the only two. I, I saw it the minute we had James Cook. That guy is a star who just needs a year or two under his belt. He's got it. He's got the thing. Chris... One of them is in the conversation for league MVP. Yeah. And one of them is a guy that most people would never have known about if it wasn't for that Dallas game. Is that an indictment of Ken Dorsey? Probably. Like, you had this guy, and you could have been unleashing him the way that he has been. Yeah, the running plays we had earlier in the year sucked. Like, it was slow developing things. It was old day ball kind of stuff. Well, that's it. And I think that that's the Ken Dorsey thing. Ken Dorsey was like, well, I, I think I know the old playbook. We can just recreate it. Joe Brady comes in with a whole fresh mindset towards Well, that. I talked to you about halfway through the turkey about the wheel routes. Yes. Like, that has been a thing for us. My favorite is he goes, he says, late in the game. Because you know, here I am talking about Bean and just his bets on guys like Brown Oliver to just grow and improve and that that's where our team was going to be better. And right now you see it. You see the fact that we are a better football team because these guys that Bean didn't replace and he just bet on them to be a quality football player, they've widely panned out. Here's Iman, half a bottle of wild turkey deep, yelling at me about wheel routes. And here comes Khalil Shakir, who just comes out of the backfield, like not out of the backfield, but it's a wheel route. Comes around, catches one, and takes it into the end zone for a touchdown. Josh has been like a foot, half a foot off of wheel routes all year until the last few weeks. Like the Gabe one that he just caught with his finger, that play has been there all year, and we haven't hit it. Cook dropped the one in KC. Like, it's there. You hit that. Or you mean against the Eagles? 
That too, yeah. No, he caught the That's... one against the KC, but then he he dropped the one against the Eagles. Yep. You're right. It's been there the whole time. So then my fa- I think my favorite part of that game, watching it, was watching and then having to argue with you about the fact that Shakir catching that and being ruled down was not a bad thing. Yeah. Elon's like, no, 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 I, I, I want the touchdown. I'm like, you don't understand it was about the principle. The <laughs> it was the principle the of the clock. matter. clock, Elon, you have to manage the clock now. <laughs> and if we had, think about it, if they if they rule that a touchdown, we are now putting our defense back out there. Mm-hmm. With the way Sean's been calling the game, maybe they're more aggressive, but maybe they're not. And now we're all sitting here just holding on to the edge of our seats going, oh, shit, can our defense hold? And instead, he did the thing. Like, luckily, it went his way. And we got to do the thing that we've been begging this team to do, which is rely on your offense to salt away your games. Mm -hmm. Give them the ball. They are the most talented people on your roster. So when we go out there and we drain the clock down to nothing. But then it comes out there, the, the final stanza, and there's a, a couple, you know, hey, they could still get in the field goal range. There was 30-some seconds left. It's not out of the question. And then that sack, that mm-hmm. timely sack from Ed Oliver. And to yep. hear him talk about how, oh, yeah, no, I set that guy up for the move earlier in the game, and I knew what he was going to do, so I tried to break his hands. And when he didn't, he goes, I kind of faked across his face, and when he backed up, I just bowled up. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Oliver has become such a good player. I've loved he him and Cook are my two of my favorite players on this damn team. Chris, can you agree with me that this season some of our best moments have been marked by the growth of the guys who have taken some of the most shit on this roster? I'd almost say Ed Oliver's underpaid. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah. We're here now looking at Brandon Bean going, you kind of got a value. He missed half the year last year. And when he was in there, he made a difference. He won that Lions game for us. But I I remember, I remember conversations with Jeff Pollock talking about how, uh, you know, I I need a guy, you know, I wish Ed Oliver would play like uh, Phillips, like a man with his hair on fire. Because with his talent and his technique, he could be a game wrecker. Well, he found it. Mm Mm-hmm. Who knew it just took a paycheck? Yeah. Who knew it just took a paycheck to get that guy? Yeah, if you're a nerd who just likes watching the interior line, like, don't watch Vaughn, watch Ed, and it's like 100 to zero See, between I'm, those two. I'm a line play guy, and when I watch him, it's like night and day. This guy's yeah. violent. He comes in, he's got explosion, he's trying. He creates problems. And it's fun to watch the techniques he's using. Like, now, there was one pressure earlier in the game where he, like, rolled across the guard's face, and you could tell the guard was just not ready for it. Mm -hmm. The guard put his hands up, and it was like basketball. When you spin, spin off a pick, he just spun off this guy, and the guard's stuck. He doesn't know what to do, and he doesn't know where Ed Oliver went. (laughs) I don't know. He's an your quarterback, dude. It's going to be a long day for you. We'll say I want to throw like Rousseau played a good game as well. He has shown up every week to make a handful of like lost plays, put, pushing people out of their position plays. He's better than advertised. If you are nerdy about line play, big fan of Rousseau. This game was a big one for our D line against a beleaguered offensive line. But hey, done the breaks. When you play a bad line, you should look like a good one, and they did the job. 
Also, Ed Oliver is proving that he is the opposite of uh, Marcel Darius. Oh, yeah. He doesn't smoke as much weed and play as many video games. I don't care what he Street does. Street racing. Just, I don't care what he does. Just don't put a fucking boat hat on. Just don't put a stupid boat captain's hat on and keep chasing quarterbacks, and I'll love you. Everything that went on in this game, it was a tight one, and there's a lot of people who probably would get down about it, but I think that you saw the guys who we've been trusting to grow into roles all make plays. They yeah. all showed up in some way, shape, or form. And so it's good. Spencer Brown having a great day. I I like the way... I just like the way this team is growing. It's seemingly at the right time. Everyone's kind of hitting their stride. And so we come out of this. It's like Josh. Josh is like, hey, I don't, I don't care what they're... In his postgame, when they're trying to talk to him on the sideline with the microphone, he's like, I don't care what it looked like. We got the win. We get it. We get the hell out of here. Go Bills. He runs to the locker room. Yep. Isn't that how you felt watching it, Chris? Yeah, we uh, escaped like, danger. Yeah, you're like, thank God that's over. We are the more talented team, but we won. Yeah, it made me feel better about drinking all that turkey. I was like, let's have some more. <laughs> we yeah. won. And then we watched, what, like an hour and a half of I Think You Should Leave? Yeah. Awesome. It's the best drunken It's the most bingeable TV. show on TV. Yeah. So final thoughts, Chris. Final thoughts. Just things that are kicking around in your head after this one. Go Baltimore. Go Baltimore? Yeah, go go Cleveland Bravens. I love that you conflate the two because you're like, I watched it happen. Yeah, I lived there during that time period. They had training camp in my hometown of Westminster, Maryland. And all the players would go to Popeye's where my best friend worked at the time and used to hit on his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he absolutely hates Carwell Gardner because Carwell Gardner was on that team. That's one of my favorite names I'll just throw at my buddy. Carwell Gardner. Carwell Gardner had the hots for Melissa Popeyes in 1997. So That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Here's, here's what I know. Terrible breaks and awful officiating, like those two holds on Mitch Morse, one of which was the most ticky-tack shit. <laughs> the most ticky. I never want to be the guy who complains about officiating. I'm done with that because – Realistically, we could pillory every single one of these guys every week if we wanted to. I'm not going to try to do their job. My mindset has shifted to you need to just be better than them and do not leave yourself in a position where they can fuck you. If you do, that's your fault. I believe on that Morse drive, we got the yardage back and got the first. Yes. Like, But Mitch Morse gets called for a terrible hold. Yeah. And Morse being a team captain and an NFL veteran just turns around Walks away. You can see it on the broadcast. He's shaking his head. He's like, I'm not going to fight with you. <laughs> Fucking dumb call. <laughs> I'm not going to fight with you. <laughs> They're just like, all right, regroup. Whatever. Whatever. Fuck that guy. <laughs> We're going to go get it. It didn't screw us. And now we find ourselves firmly in the playoff picture, Chris. And then you look back at the people who, like, think about where else you could be. Like, if you're watching this on YouTube... Take a look. Uh, I don't know. Kansas City just got kicked in the teeth by the Raiders. The same weekend that we narrowly escaped, right? We narrowly escaped, and everyone goes, oh, that should count. Poor The, the Bills aren't aren't real because they almost lost to the Chargers. Isn't their quarterback Neil O'Donnell? What is it for the Raiders? For the Raiders? I don't, Adrian O'Connell. That's it. Whose mustache Close. 
I'm pretty sure. Now, I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to. I'm pretty sure isn't allowed near an elementary school. <laughs> like, you have to stay 300 feet away from an elementary school with that mustache. Somehow that beat the Chiefs at home. And the only image people have is Taylor Swift having to console Mahomes' wife. <laughs> Chris, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Then you look, and you, you, you look elsewhere around the NFL. Like Dolphins fans who want to trash us for being like, oh, you couldn't get by you some stick. You lost to Will Levis on Monday Night Football at home. For all of the things that Elf Artiago will come on and talk to us about, <laughs> about the Dolphins, one of the things I bristle at is this idea that he thinks a home field advantage exists in Miami. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know about that. We all it know this exist. to be categorically false. And every team has skeletons in their closet of terrible losses, terrible things. That's what I love about the AFC this year. Look at the Jaguars. Who would you rather be? The Jaguars got embarrassed again. Three straight losses. This one might be the most embarrassing because I think they were shut out at halftime. Yeah, it was, what, 30-something to nothing. And Doug Peterson just screaming on the sideline for no reason. Like, he's not even yelling at anyone. There was a clip. I couldn't find a screenshot, so this here on screen is the best I could do. Realistically, he's just yelling into the ether going, Why? <laughs> Why me? What did I do? <laughs> is it because I called the Philly special? Is this it? Guys, every team ahead of us in the playoffs has had a bad loss. They've had the game that we had this weekend and failed. We've had the game that we had this weekend and failed. Except now we're the team that pulls that out comfortably and everyone's comfortable with it. You see Josh, he's not bothered. He goes, nah, we did the thing. It's a way different emotional reaction for him winning this close one than it was losing a close one to the Jets or to Denver. It's almost like he knew he had that poise to be like, listen, I knew we would win this game. I know I've got Ed Oliver playing at the top, at the top of his game right now. I know I've got James Cook playing at the top of his game. My best offense, Gabe Davis gave us a game. The elusive Gabe Davis game. They... James Cook is giving everything. His line is giving him everything. He's confident. And if he's confident, who am I to second-guess that? Fuck Sean McDermott. I don't care about him and his whatever he's doing. That guy. If after a close game like this, he has no... He's just giddy. Just, hey, let me get the hell out of here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Mm -hmm. Who am I to be a wet blanket? I think that they're loose. And that's what you have to be. Yeah, I feel like we went through the bad. We got through it. Where last year was the opposite. And I almost feel like if that hadn't happened earlier in the season, they wouldn't know how to handle this now. Mm -hmm. These tight games. It almost makes you playoff ready. You kind of want to see what they do Sunday. Like, are they going to play down to the Patriots level or not? What are they going to do? Hey, well, as we're going to talk about this week in the, in the uh, preview for this game, the Patriots have been a tough customer on defense for the last month and a half. That nobody nobody respects because of where their team is statistically. It's going to be interesting to see, but either way, we're right here about to clinch a playoff spot. Out of the ashes, we've risen to claim this, and I can't wait to see what the NFL postseason has to bring. We're this close, we're on the doorstep, but for tonight we're going to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. 
That's Chris Krueger. See you on easy. This has been your Rock Pile Report. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.